We're doing it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. (laughs) These Uh, people are demons. (laughs) Literal demons, folks. Sulfur (laughs) and hellfire. Uh, Yeah, no, it's... uh, I am... Uh, it's always good to have you on. So uh, I'll do the, I'll do the actual proper intro here, but, uh, you're, I think you're our fourth time on the pod now. So you, you get a challenge coin. I'll get you a progress Alberta t-shirt. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Are you like a medium, a large, I don't know. We just have these like <laughs> fucking regular ass t-shirts with our logo on it, but I'll, I'll cut it into a crop top crop top. Yeah. Yeah. Tie the little tassels on the end. You, yeah. can, make, you can, you can zhuzh it up. <laughs> Friends and enemies, welcome to the Progress Report. I am your host, Duncan Kinney, and we're recording today here in Amiskwishiwaskigan, otherwise known as Edmonton, Alberta. Back on the show, we have returning champion, Laura Cruz. Laura, welcome back. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Four-time guest of the Progress Report. You have mm-hmm. the most. Undefeated. The most undefeated, yes. And <laughs> you probably could beat the shit out of all our other guests too, to be honest. Like you actually know how to box and shit. So um mm-hmm. that's how I <laughs> that's how I uh, am uniquely well equipped to take on the pedophile cabal. <laughs> yes. Yes. And um I don't know about your politics, my politics. I don't really have any besides being anti-pedophile. That's really <laughs> my only pro- priority. Um, you and Ted Cruz. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, if anyone ever says that to you like, and is serious, like run away from that person because yeah. you do not want to get stuck in a conversation <laughs> with them. Uh, just well, they, definitely, a- they definitely do have some politics, which we'll get into later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but Laura has written another incredible piece for us as part of the red with the red string. That's her monthly column, where she uses kind of conspiracy theories to deconstruct and understand uh, the world around us and how fucked up it is. And uh, Laura's latest story is very good. It'll be obviously linked in the show notes, but it is called hashtag Save the Children: Human Trafficking Hysteria and the Expansion of the Police State. And uh, and Laura, how has a widespread panic about child sex trafficking lured otherwise well-meaning normie folks into a vast web of extreme right-wing conspiracy theories slash QAnon. Well, um, I think that it's totally understandable that people are concerned for the well-being of children. And I think that it serves as an excellent Trojan horse for uh, bad actors who kind of want to twist that concern into uh, meeting their own political ends. So um, it's, it's important to understand that, you know, child sex trafficking or child sacrifice or child abuse Um, Panics are nothing new. They're embedded in a kind of long-standing tradition of this happening, um, kind of flaring up every once in a while, especially uh, comorbid with big changes in um, terms of the material conditions that people have around them. And so right now, the kind of latest iteration of this this panic, this moral panic, is um, this idea around there being a cabal of liberal elites, especially Hillary Clinton and Obama, who are trafficking... Um, are sexually abusing and murdering children. And so uh, this, this, 
this very well-founded concern for the well-being of children um, is a very convenient way to kind of get people started down the road of looking into more and more fringe conspiracies um, ending up with uh, QAnon. When people get into this shit, I think they, they fundamentally realize that our society is broken and mm-hmm. ill and bad. And instead of trying to understand the world through, I don't know, uh, dialectical materialism or whatever, <laughs> they uh, come across these very handy conspiracy theories, uh, which explain everything. Yeah, and and the the latest uh, kind of inciting incident here is a couple of like viral tweets randomly. Like we've got uh, people on the internet talking about how the furniture manufacturer Wayfair is shipping children in cabinets. Mm-hmm. And and how and also this 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 mega viral tweet of like thirty nine missing children in a double wide trailer in Georgia, mm-hmm. like how is that not the biggest story in America? Like these two things kind of happened within a few weeks of each other, and really was opportunistically taken up by the kind of Q folks into this mm-hmm. save the children thing, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the, that Wayfair conspiracy that Wayfair was, you know, sending children under the guise of these very expensive cabinets, which are very weirdly priced. I will say that they didn't really have super good of a answer for why they were that uh, expensive, which just further inculcates this conspiracy thinking, right? Obviously, this it's is the not... very nice walnut finish. Uh, <laughs> on otherwise plain ass i don't know cabinets yeah i mean i looked at the cabinets it's embedded in the story they just look like fucking cabinets to me but whatever yeah. <laughs> well they say they're industrial grade which i don't know what an industrial cabinet is yeah. to but... ship children in yeah <laughs> <laughs> they've got extra air holes to make sure they make it <laughs> they make it through the through customs um yeah. unharmed mm-hmm but like this is again, like you said, it this is just the latest in a in a long line of kind of moral panics around the safety of our children, and you know time is a flat circle, and and these things continually kind of crop up every every you know couple decades. Mm-hmm. But I I, I suppose um, the question is how does this all relate back to QAnon? Like how do you relate this kind of moral panic around the child sex trafficking and and how do you connect it back to Q? Well, like, as I said, basically the core organizers around this Save the Children movement are Q people, and it is intentionally a way to obfuscate their messaging to be more palatable to the broader public. So the more kind of um, strategically minded of the Q put pe- uh pushers who materially benefit a lot from uh, people being involved in this. They're on speaking tours, they're selling books, they're, uh, you know, monetizing their YouTube channels, whatever. Um, They basically know that if you come straight out and say, you know, Hillary Clinton is a demon, which I think we can all agree with, but Hillary Clinton is a demon who is literally cutting the faces off children and um, putting them, like, putting out videos where she's eating them alive. Um, That is crazy, and that takes a little bit of time to kind of warm up to. So they're kind of using this, like I said, this is a Trojan horse. Save the Children is a Trojan horse to bring people in who start to read these um, very inflated stats around 
uh, child trafficking and child sexual abuse um, and and kind of slowly start to uh, red pill them into this new way of thinking where um, the signs are all around you and then everything in your worldview starts to confirm that. Right. Yeah. Open your eyes, sheeple. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I mean, who doesn't want to save the children? Right. Like like if you just see that unattached to any type of ideology or any type of context, you're like, uh, yeah, uh, save the children, of course. But like, I mean, hilariously, the original name of We Charity was uh, Free the Children, which mm-hmm. free <laughs> them from the, the tunnels underneath New York City. <laughs> Yeah, free them from the sex dungeon underneath Comet Ping Pong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, they changed their name as they became much more than, I don't know, a charity that cared about child slavery or whatever. But, uh, I mean, it's very it's a very easy trope to use to be like, look, children are in danger. We have to do everything we can to save them. Mm-hmm. And that cuts across, you know, every every person of every political stripe wants to do that. Yeah, and if you come out as a person saying, yeah, no, fuck the kids. <laughs> uh, you know, there's just no way for you to actually, you actually have to take the time to sit down and be like, look, here's how it works. Like, it's it's no, there's no easy way to like instantly blow up, you know, save the children, free the children, whatever it is, right? Like you actually, yeah. they have so much of an advantage off the hop just with their like initial premise. Yeah, exactly. And, but the actual stats on child kidnapping, like you actually did some digging here, like, like what actual bearing, what, what is the reality of, of children being kidnapped? So, um, child kidnapping is, uh, fairly rare in term, like uh, in Canada, there are usually about, uh, 50,000 reports of missing children and reports of missing children is not the same thing as kidnapping. The vast majority of the time when a child is kidnapped, um, they are, uh, being taken by their non-custodial parents. So it's some kind of, um, some kind of dispute or, uh, yeah, that kind of thing where family drama, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or rough divorces, that kind of thing. Um, and so when we think about child kidnapping though, what we think about is, you know, the stranger pulling up to, uh, you while you're, while you're playing and saying, can you help me find my dog and then taking you away? And that is, very, very rare. The most recent statistics I could find about it were um, from 2011. And I think it was like 0.003% or about like, I can't remember the exact thing I have in here, but I think it's around 25 or something it's, out it's of a minis- the- and it's a minuscule number yeah when you yeah. look at when, like the vast majority of kidnappings are yes children taken by their other by the parent who's not in charge of taking yeah. care of them and then yeah. the and, vast and- the other big chunk of it is like child runaways right yeah exactly so most children who are reported missing are found safe and unharmed within you know 48 hours um like 99.7 percent of them or something like that and yeah these are runaways um that are coming home yeah but this idea of stranger danger, so like it, it's an important thing. Like I grew up, I, I was born in 1983. I'm a little older than you. Like so, I was in my elementary school in the late 80s, in the early 90s, and there was this very much kind of latent background panic about the very real possibility that me or my brothers could be kidnapped at any time by strangers. Mm-hmm. You know, we were never supposed to talk to strangers, not even a little bit. That was anathema, and. And uh, we link to a video in the story, uh, which really kind of like sets up just how fucked up <laughs> this stranger <laughs> danger concept is and how 
it was like just made kids terrified of the world around you. But this is like some, I don't know, some YouTube video. It very, it feels very early nineties, late eighties to me. And uh, I'm just going to play it. Uh, we'll link to it in the show notes and let's, uh, let's just react to it. Okay. You've already been told about strangers dressing up in uniforms, but there are other traps you need to know about. <laughs> Hi, I lost my little dog. Can you help me find him? Be suspicious of an adult asking for help. The old little dog Hi, I'm just playing with my daughter's video game, but the batteries seem to be dead. I have some in my car. Why don't you come over and help me put them in? Stay away from people in cars or vans. Game Boy. Hey, kid. How you doing? Um, you know, we're making a movie over there. You want to go see it? Only <laughs> professional agencies hire kids okay, for Okay, that TV one is work. probably a I know. You should probably should not. Hey, kid, let's go to the arcade and play some video games. What do you say? Ignore it so much walk away. Little boy, so I'll give you $10 if you'll take my bag to the car for me. It's okay oh, you can't even trust no. old women. Even to an adult. Yeah, that old lady Safety is more important than good manners. Do not trust her. Hey, kid. She just needs help I'll with her bag. I'll teach you how to hit this ball right over the fence. Come on, it'll be fun. Trust your own <laughs> feelings. Your mom's been hurt. She's in the hospital. She sent me to come and get you. What's the secret code word? I don't know the code word. You don't need to get near the car to talk to someone inside. Like, what if that person's mom wasn't true? You, know, you look like you could use a friend. Say no to what you think is wrong. I could, actually. Come open the door. Nothing is more important than your safety. Hi. You sure a cute kid. You know, this, this is the this is the. I'm a professional art. photographer. This guy. <laughs> Come Just on, hop in the car. I'll take your person picture. If someone wants to guy, take your no picture, what he say no and tell your parents. If you tell anybody about our little secret, I'll kill your dog. Children oh, should never be asked to keep special secrets <laughs> from their parents. Now you know the 11 most common kidnap traps to avoid and how to be street smart. Now you know, kids. The time to start is now. Be cautious and observant and report anything suspicious. The 11 uh, most common kidnapping yeah. techniques. Yeah, I'd like to see your stats on those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, random... Let's fight your sources there, Stranger Danger video. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, there's some obvious, very red flaggy ones, like yes, if someone wants to take pictures of you or whatever. Uh, but uh, what if you want to become a model? How are you <laughs> supposed to do that? How will I be discovered and become a movie star? Um, but like the one where the like your mom's fucked up and she needs your help. It's like, what if you knew that person and they just like didn't know the your stupid password? Well, that was the thing because I I obviously was a kid um, in the early nineties, um, but we still were very much in the shadow of this kind of stranger danger thing. I remember having a presentation, one of those school assemblies, where they taught you how to like. F- go on the ground and like kick them in the shins if a man was trying to get you and yeah they said you can't trust anyone not even a family friend unless they know the passcode because I guess the family friend is going to be activated to like come and kidnap you one day like even you can't even trust those around you your aunt fuck that lady she she has nefarious intentions it's a 24 it's a plot of 24 or whatever yeah um i mean th- th- i was encouraged to like when i was like back in the day when we had house phones or home phones mm-hmm. and like i was talking to an adult I, I was supposed to like intimate to them that like oh yeah my, my mom's uh, here she's just like in the shower and can't come right now or whatever you know what i mean like we mm-hmm. were as if the person on the phone was just like itching to come <laughs> over and break into our house and kidnap me um 
And I, I think I may have talked over that one, but there was one where it's like, don't trust the pizza delivery guy. Like, what? <laughs> Get that pizza, kids. Um, but I think um, this this riff, this like 80s, 90s riff on Stranger Danger really got kicked off by a really awful person kind of uh, named Anita Bryant. Uh, she was like this like quasi celebrity and she had a, she had a, and again, an instance showing that time is a flat circle. Her uh, movement was called save our children. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to be able to, to teach some type of like millenarian, uh, like, uh, very literal, um, teaching of the Bible in schools or whatever. And she was the one to like organize this pushback, uh, you know, against queer folks that, you know, mm-hmm this was, this was the eighties and this was the kind of reactionary pushback that was happening. And, uh, I think ultimately what, you know, the folks who are worried about, uh, you know, save the children and in 2020 and people who were worried about stranger danger back in the eighties and nineties, you know, what they want is this kind of like idealized, you know, 1950s safe suburban, you know, middle-class life free of, you know, black people or people who don't look like them. Make America great again. It, it is. It totally is mm-hmm. make America great again. Right. And it, mm-hmm. and it is this very deep subconscious yearning for, you know, a, a society where, you know, they never have to, to look at another person who doesn't look like them ever again. Like they mm-hmm. want the ethno state. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I think this was uh, like Anita Bryant and their pushback against uh, queer people would have also been a giant driver in the lack of communication about like HIV, which, you know, is another thing that doesn't really fit into that safe uh, suburban middle class life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really make the connection there, but like, yeah, there was definitely uh, male pedophiles who were definitely yeah. like part of the stranger danger panic and part of the like exactly. uh, was that there was this panic that that, um, you know, gay pedophiles were kidnapping boys and kind of like turning them into, into gay men because they couldn't procreate. Like there was this theory. Anyways, it's really fucked up. Uh, (laughs) But uh, you, you were, you pitched me this piece and I was interested. I was like, Laura has good instincts and she knows this shit. I want to read what she writes about it, but then you wrote it. I edited it. We published it. And now I fucking see this shit everywhere. Right. (laughs) Like there's, there's literally like save our children graffiti, like in one of my dog walks, like Mm -hmm. on a piece of wood, like, and just the other day we had new conservative party uh, of Canada leader, Aaron O'Toole, who uh, is recovering from COVID-19 right now. Get, get well soon King. Uh, Mm -hmm. He uh, was on the internet quote tweeting true North center, which is my favorite anti-immigrant think tank slash news source. And he's quote tweeting Truno Center and they're talking about Cuties, which is this Netflix movie. And his his tweet reads uh, as follows. I'm a dad who is deeply disturbed by this Netflix show. Childhood is a time of innocence. We must do more to protect children. This show is exploitative and wrong. I don't know how I can read this as anything but a nod to the fucking QAnon Save the Children wackadoos. Yeah, it's it, well. I think it's interesting. I was just actually on a episode of Kino Lefter, my 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 old podcast, uh, and um, Evan invited me on to talk about cuties um, and this kind of hysterical reaction that people are having that I think is very much rooted in this moment. However, I also think that the kind of outrage is again, cutting across these political divisions, right? Like there is this very much this huge reaction as if 
canceling cuties off of Netflix and unsubscribing from Netflix is going to solve the problem of child exploitation. By the way, it's it's not exploitative and wrong. It's it's a very yeah, boring you've movie. Seen, you've seen the movie. Can you give us <laughs> a little Cole's notes, like 15 or like thumbnail sketch of what everyone is freaking out about? Are they just freaking out about the, the name and the poster than the actual content? Um, I mean, there is. So the, the, the movie is basically about uh, this young Senegalese woman. They're 11 years old. She lives in this very um, you know, traditional home, very like conservative Muslim home. And uh, she becomes fascinated with this group of girls, the popular girls at her school who are have a dance crew called the cuties. And there she becomes, you know, part of them and starts dressing in the sexualized way and interacting with social media and seeing herself as this like sexual agent. So there is definitely parts of it that are um, a bit gratuitous, but it's making a point, right? It's It's making a point about um, how this is wrong. <laughs> and it, it clearly comes out, uh, in, in a, in an opposite way where she, at the end of it, she is kind of, um, you know, synthesizing her identity as like a Muslim girl and her identity as like, um, a French girl into this like new kind of paradigm. So I, I saw this other great tweet where it was talking about how like Martin Scorsese doesn't like it doesn't put out a movie about the mob and be like, I like everything that happens. This is good. Right? So yeah, this- no, Henry Hill was dope actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a really <laughs> sweet dude. I want to be like him. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like I, I wouldn't recommend watching the movie, but because it is not that good. <laughs> I think that the I think that the uh, the complete outrage and and fear and and you know moral panic that it's sparked is completely outsized. And and the, and it's the same story, right? Like the same Q and like grifter folks who were behind the Save the Children stuff have latched onto cuties and used it to again worm their way into the consciousness of people who just want to like yeah. you know keep our kids safe. And it's just another um, articulation for a Q person who is seeing this. It's another articulation that all the media and um, all institutions are controlled by these powerful liberal elites who are you know communicating through signs and communicating. through through, you know, um, coded messages and, and putting it all out there for you to see. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and there always has to be an Alberta connection. I always make you get something uh, connected to Alberta into the piece. And since that's where we live and it's in the title of the organization. So, but uh, our friend, uh, Jason Kenny is all about this human trafficking shit and has introduced campaigned on uh, something called the Saving the Girl Next Door Act. I think the first draft of the legislation was called the Saving the Girl Next Door Act. Uh, I think it's now called the uh, Protecting the Victims of Human Trafficking Act. Uh, This is a piece of legislation that was introduced uh, in the spring, I believe. still hasn't been passed yet. And I think the actual details of it are relatively uncontroversial and basic it's like victims of trafficking can now sue or something i don't mm-hmm. know the, the 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 law itself seemed relatively unimportant compared to just being able to stand in front of cameras in the media and say i am going to do something to end you know human trafficking we are going to save the girl next door which mm-hmm. is pretty clear coded language i mean it's not that coded really like what girl are we talking about here yeah, the white girl, the suburban girl. And always in these kind of con- conceptions of what human trafficking is, it's about, um, you know, young suburban girls being lured off into lives of prostitution. And this kind of obfuscates the other forms of labor exploitation and coerced labor that exists all around us all the time. 
Yeah. And you go into that in, into our story, right? Like, like what is, uh, I mean, the concept of human trafficking, like, is, uh, is it useful? Like, what do we mean when we say it? Well, that's the interesting thing. I would argue that, yes, there is uh, a form of human trafficking that exists. I think that um, there is not really a shared definition that's super useful. And a lot of the statistics that are used um, that are generated are very unclear, especially because it's quite hard to um, get data on these things. And they're kind of averaged out over population. So take a sample, all this kind of stuff. Um, So for me, it's not really that useful. Does child sexual exploitation exist? Absolutely. Does coerced labor exist? Absolutely. Does slavery exist? Absolutely. But we have to consider what is the political end and the political goal of when we engage in these discussions and who are we thinking about when we think about human trafficking? Yeah. And, and the, who brings it up part, I think is the, is the, the important part, right? Yeah. Like when you have reactionary conservative politicians talking about keeping our women safe, like that's when things get bad. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like uh, em- the story of Emmett Till of a like of of being falsely accused of of a black man being falsely accused of rape uh, or sexual assault by a white woman, and then he was lynched. Like, mm-hmm. r- like within in the fifties, like or whenever it happened, like people are alive who were around when that happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not uh, something, and, and Canada is not uh, free from this as well. Like Emily Murphy, one of our so-called famous five, made an entire living kind of talking about the evils of white slavery and the yellow menace and how white women were going to you know, get hooked on opium and get sold into prostitution. Mm-hmm. And we have a statue of that lady here in Edmonton, so <laughs> great. Yep. <laughs> But but like what is uh, actual like what is the much more common form of of, you know, quote unquote human trafficking? It's not necessarily what we think. Right. It's much more related to work. Yes. So usually um, when people are being forced to do uh, coerced labor, it is due to a lapse in temporary foreign worker status. So, um, you know, people who are in the temporary foreign worker program who are sending a lot of their money back home, um, they don't have a lot of rights. If they lose their job, they get deported. So an employer holds undue amount of um, control over their lives. So we see things like women who are working in um, nail salons. We see things like uh, forced labor on farms and in uh, construction sites, as well as domestic labor, caring for children, um, housekeeping, that kind of thing. If you're completely contingent on someone, um, you know, keeping you employed, you're not really able to say no to dangerous work conditions or raise any alarms um, on the threat of deportation. And then when people do go um, undocumented, uh, that's when even worse things can happen because they're they're under they're, the employer is under no legal obligation to um, provide them with any level of uh, labor protection or uh, minimum wage because it's completely off the books. I mean, just uh, two and a half years ago, we had a story come out of inspectors find f- foreign workers sleeping in a Burger King basement in mm-hmm. Lethbridge. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's kind of what we're talking about here, right? 
Yeah, and even less kind of shocking revelations happen all the time where it will be uh, a bunch of people working in a Tim Hortons whose manager is also their landlord, things like that. So it's like they're working and they're also paying um, basically like almost like a company store, right? And in these like cramp conditions, work camps, all kinds of different things that are happening um, in across many sectors within the Canadian economy. Well, um, that's you know, terrible and we need to fix this. And I have faith that country music superstar, Paul Brandt (laughs) will as chair of the human trafficking committee uh, appointed by Jason Kenney, that he will get to the bottom of this and that we will figure this out and that we will finally end the scourge of human trafficking. Do you know why he was appointed? I have no idea. He is apparently very passionate about the issue. He has like a nonprofit that he's been involved with that like does campaigns on the issue. Like, yeah, (laughs) he, uh, yeah, I I couldn't, I, you'd go have to go into Paul Brandt lore and his biography (laughs) and actually figure out why he actually got the brain worm for this one. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, a little sus. Um, yeah, the, that's, it's, it's a tough one. Again, it's, anything that comes out of that committee and, and the legislation that Kenny is passing, right? Like the NDP are not, they're not going to get up on their hind legs and fight it. This is just going to pass, right? Anything yeah. that is going to get proposed is going to pass, is going to pass unopposed because no one wants to be seen as, as opposing this. Yeah, absolutely. And it does, it does allow a bad law to get passed. It does allow you to, you know, continue this brutal border regime that we have mm-hmm. that separates people from their families. We have kids in cages here too, you know, yep. And uh, and increases the the size of the police state. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like this this exact pattern is what happened when SESTA FOSTA was introduced in the United States, um, and same with when the Bill Thirty Six uh, Protecting Exploited um, Persons and Communities Act was passed in Canada. Um, these things, because the definition of human trafficking is so tied with the definition of sex work. Um, People won't, um, politicians won't raise any critical um, alarms. And this uh, really has huge impacts on people working in shadow industries and doesn't do anything to protect exploited people except for, well, not except for, uh, except what it does is um, empower border security and uh, increase police budgets. Yeah. And we're trying to defund the police here. So, yeah. Be, when when this stuff comes up in your life and you see, you know, sex worker rhetoric, uh, you know, be mindful that it's been used. It's been used in the past. It's being used again to increase the size of police budgets and are, again, our incredibly brutal uh, border regime. Yeah. And uh, and that they are preying on your fears that bad stuff will happen to you unless this uh, violence is committed upon people who don't look like you, who you don't know, like if you're a white person and listening to this, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a... Uh, it's it's incredibly fucked and we need to kind of educate ourselves on it. But I do wanted to um I did want to kind of round up our chat and come back to something that I think uh anyone anyone who has anyone in their life or interacts with people online who are kind of true believers in this kind of QAnon stuff, which is that these people need to be What's the right word here? I don't think they need to be dismissed out of hand is probably mm-hmm. the best way to put it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that a really unfortunate reaction that a lot of people have when um, faced with people who have fringe beliefs is to 
um, think that they're crazy or stupid. Um, and I think that that's just the incorrect way to go in, in terms of any kind of moving people away from a certain way of thinking and more closely aligned to yours involves having compassion, trying to understand and trying to understand the roots of where this comes from. And I think it's pretty understandable right now to believe that there is a cabal of people who are engaged in child exploitation because there is we we know that there is and we know that that no justice has been served in the case of like Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein and um and cases like that this vast web of people who are engaged in all kinds of exploitation of minors and um these conspiracy theories they thrive in the places where things are um in like occulted, you know, when they're hidden, when they're hidden from view and they're shadowy and they're not transparent. That's where this kind of thinking takes hold. And sometimes we see these like reactionary um, movements. Like you remember when everyone was burning down the um, 5G towers? Uh, yeah, I remember reading the stories. I don't think it happened near us, but yeah. No, um, but when people were burning down the 5G towers, believing that it was causing um, cancer and disease, uh, and there was a lot of stories that were kind of making fun of these people and talking about how they were really stupid. And this is actually extremely beneficial for people in the tech sector, right? Like this is <laughs> this is a great thing for people to be able to expand this um, network. I don't think that there's anything wrong with 5G, don't get me wrong. Um, but I also don't want the telecoms that have a stranglehold on the country to be able to um, move through the country without any kind of opposition. So it's it's just like, who is who is pushing these narratives that these people are nuts? Also, if it's someone in your family who is, um, you know, going down this rabbit hole and it's, you know, interfering with your relationship. Um, it's, it, it yeah, I'm, ta I'm talking more IRL here. Like I'm talking yeah. about when it's someone who, you know, like yeah. what if it's some fucking idiot on Twitter, or Facebook, like who cares? Just block them. Don't, don't yeah. worry about it. You're not going <laughs> to, you're not going to change anyone's mind in that context. But if it's like someone who you actually have an, an actual relationship with, mm -hmm. Approaching it from a level of compassion and understanding is going to be far more useful to you actually continuing to have a relationship with that person than just calling them a fucking idiot. Yeah, I think exactly. That's what I'm trying to get across mm -hmm. here. And it's hard. I mean, what they're what they're talking about, what they believe in is like batshit. Um, yeah. But it, it comes from a place of like, you know, we live in a fucked up world and our society is deeply broken and yeah. ill. And this is a reaction. This is one of the many reactions to it. And and, and fundamentally, it is. I think QAnon is an extremely harmful like thing in the discourse for it to exist. Like there are conspiracy theories that pop up that are like, Oh, whatever, you know, like, Oh, Obama was born in Africa, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like that's just like a stupid conspiracy theory that, that idiots want to believe. And that's, I would, I would equate that more to the, like the common flu. But I think, I think QAnon is something a little more is a little step higher up in the kind of hierarchy of conspiracy theories because Ultimately, the political opponents of the people are literally committing child torture and sacrifice. And mm -hmm. anything, you can do anything to those people and be justified in it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you can derail a train or go to New York with, you know, 19 knives in your uh, car to kill Joe Biden. Like that's, that's a rational um, response to people doing, um, you know, large scale human sacrifice. Yeah, there there have been real instances of people who believe in Q like 
doing violent things uh, and they're, they're listed in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even when we look at um, examples uh, in other countries, like the, the genocide or the mass murder, however you want to frame it in Indonesia, which is detailed in the, the Jakarta method, the whole, uh, and they killed uh, communists and suspected communists in that genocide slash mass murder, whatever you want to call it. The inciting incident for that whole thing was something that literally sounds like a cue drop, like mm-hmm. sex witches were uh, magicking army officers and cutting off their dicks. Like the, the details are as insane and, and as gross as anything dreamt up by Q. Mm-hmm. And, and that was literally the excuse to pop off, you know, the murder of a million political enemies of the ruling junta. And, and it's like these things do uh, matter <laughs> and these things do end up justifying things down the line. Mm-hmm. And they are electing, Q is electing, QAnon believers are getting elected to Congress. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think, you know, I, I think we want to avoid um, this this discussion of like uh, the idea turning people radical, because I think that the vast majority of people who follow these conspiracies, the goal is actually to depoliticize you. The goal is to make it so that there's a secret war, which you can interpret and you can play detective for, um, but that it's being fought. Um, on the kind of psychic battlefields uh, of the of the digital army, right? It's not um, something that necess- most people who are going to read about it, most people who are really into it are going to necessarily act upon. But when you have a confluence of things like complete precarity, mental illness, um, uh, you know, climate ac- breakdown, access to weapons. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's when, um, these kinds of violent, uh, rhetoric turn spill over into real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and ultimately like, you know, the only, the only thing that is to be done is to like defeat and overthrow capitalism, right? Like, uh, these things are born out of a deeply ill society. And I think the, the structure behind all of that is, you know, the, the way our society is structured, the way it assigns value. Yep. Um, you know, I'm, you know, who, who is, who amongst us is, is not, uh, mentally, fucked up right now in the middle of this <laughs> pandemic not me I've, um, I've grown extra powerful <laughs> yes i'm levitating right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and um you know in in chaotic times like these um you know we have to you know be more mindful and be more compassionate of our neighbors more than ever right mm-hmm. and and it's hard work. It's a lot easier to just be like, oh, there's a super powerful cabal of people who are actually controlling the world and I can't do anything except <laughs> follow along on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Um, and th- and th- that's the, the fundamental, I think, limiting power of a conspiracy theory is that it, it's really hard to bridge that, that bridging that thing between like really believing in conspiracy and action is like crossing that, crossing that bridge is the, is, um, the really hard part and and the scary part with Q is that it, it keeps happening Yes, <laughs> is that enough people believe it. Uh, and it's so kind of, pen- it's penetrated so far into the consciousness. Like what was the, what were the, the, the poll, the, the polling stats on Republicans who believe in at least part of QAnon? Um, about 50% of people they polled. <laughs> so that's pretty disturbing. And the thing with Q is because it's so participatory, um, there's something in it for everybody. So it's kind of like an inkblot test. Uh, there is no cent- there is kind of a, a central theme of Q, but there's so much within it and so many factions that believing in all or some of it is quite uh, easy. 
Yeah. And I just listened to an excellent podcast on perhaps the person who is Q, at least right now, uh, by uh, Reply All. And um, yeah, I, I would encourage you to listen to that one. I'll put it in the show notes. The, the operating theory out of that uh, podcast, and which is a fairly popular thing, I think, is is the idea that the person who is Q now is Jim Watkins, who mm-hmm. is the, what, the founder, not the founder, the, the, the person who runs 8chan. Or whatever a chance called these dudes. Eight coon now, yeah. Yeah, that's what the that's what the original um, coder and developer for eight um, chan when it first started. He's completely divorced from it and is campaigning to get it taken down. Um, he thinks that it is Jim Watkins. Yeah, the, the podcast essentially like is a long feature interview with with that guy. Yeah, um, who is a weird fucked up character all in himself. But uh, <laughs> I love him. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's my boy? friend. He's my boy. He's the, he's like, he, what he has, he has the, like the thing from glass, right? Like the brittle bones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's super Catholic now too. Is he? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he got out of the dark web and into the arms of Christ. Oh, well, uh, mm-hmm. probably better in the end. Yep. Um, <laughs> but uh, so is there anything else about the, I mean, we've talked a lot about your story. Uh, I think, I think it's, if I could beam it directly into the heads of 50,000 fucking boomers, I would, um, you know, is there any other, any other kind of nugget in that story that you want to talk about before we wrap up? Um, I think that, uh, the important thing to realize, especially with save the children is that it's not a boomer phenomenon. It's actually something that's quite, uh, crossing through over to, um, all kinds of different people. And that's, scary, right? That's, that's an, that's a nerve wracking thing that they're being very effective organizers in terms of getting their message out in a way that's digestible for people and kind of sending them down, um, this road. There's also very well documented, uh, we can see very clearly that there's a lot of crossover with things like new age, anti-vaccines, anti-establishment kind of thinking, Anti-masking, probably. Uh, anti-masking. COVID, COVID vaccines. Yeah, exactly, which also very nicely dovetails into Save the Children and therefore QAnon. So I think that the the base of, of Q is becoming more diverse um, and and kind of cutting across uh, uh, racial lines and, and generational lines in a way that uh, makes it a real political force that needs to be reckoned with. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks again for coming on the pod. Thanks for the, the piece. Again, it'll be linked in the show notes. Do you have anything to plug these days? If you have, if you, if you do, now is the time to plug your pluggables. No, you can just come like my jokes on uh, twitter.com at underscore Saturn return. Sweet. And uh, if you like this podcast, you want to keep hearing more podcasts like this. Uh, one easy thing that you can do is to uh, like us, uh, rate our podcast and subscribe. Uh, if you do all three of those things, I'll be very grateful. I will send you a thumbs up emoji, uh, on Facebook messenger. If you, if you, if you Facebook messenger, the progress Alberta account, I will do that. Um, the other big thing you can do, uh, that's really helpful, um, is if you have the resources and you have the ability, if you want to join the 250 other folks who make a small monthly donation to keep this independent media project going, we'd be very grateful. The average donation is around $12, but if it's $5, 10 15 whatever you can spare, we'd really appreciate it. Also, if you have any notes, thoughts, comments, things you think I need to hear, you can reach me on Twitter at Duncan Kinney, and you can reach me by email at K at progressalberta.ca. Thanks so much to Cosmic Family Communist for the amazing theme. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. Bye. Progress Alberta is proud to be a part of the Harbinger Media Network. 
Did you know that more than 75% of Canadian news and politics podcast downloads are actually American content? Harbinger Media is here to change that. Find out more at harbingermedianetwork.com.